0: Let's oh go. Let's go. You're about to experience action like you've never heard it before. Action sports, celebrities, badasses, and massive interviews. All coming to you from the Polaris Razor Studio. This is Jim Beaver's Project Action. Exclusively on Podcast One. Welcome to this week's Project Action on Podcast One. I'm your host, Jim Beaver, and uh, coming at you from, uh, I guess, uh, what is the home studio this week. Yes, I know a lot of us are quarantined, finding interesting things to keep ourselves busy. And uh, our guest this week, Ron Capps, uh, probably one of the busiest guys I have ever seen during the quarantine. This guy is uh, racing cars a whole lot more than he actually does when things aren't under quarantine, uh, he's become one of the faces of i racing. He has been for years, but now he's really been pushed to the forefront. This guy's racing everything from off road trucks to NASCARs, sprint cars, you name it. Rally cars, caps is involved. Uh, you know, not only is he a great, uh, one of the greatest of all time on uh, you know the NHRA uh, funny car win list, but uh, you know he's become uh, you know just a, a really really. Uh, you know, top-ranked sim racer as well. So stoked to have Ron Caps on the show today. If you're just joining us your first time, please go over to iTunes or Apple Podcasts, as it's now known. Hit that subscribe button. Don't just hit it. Smash it. And when you do, please leave a rating and a review. Did that rhyme, right? When you do, leave a rating and a review. Man, I am losing it under quarantine right now. Uh, but please go over and do that. If you leave your Twitter or Instagram at username in the body of the review when you leave it, uh, when I see it, and I do go check those about once once every week or two, uh, I will give you a follow back on social media. Speaking of social media, it's at Jim Beaver fifteen on social media. So uh, make sure and uh, you know check that out. Also, well, I want to give a plug to my other show, the Down and Dirty Radio Show. It's also available on Podcast One, Apple Podcasts, well, Sirius XM channel two eleven, Dan Patrick Radio, Sunday mornings at ten a.m. Pacific. Uh, that would be what one o'clock for you East Coast listeners. Yep, it's there. And then I've also got another show that's dropping here within the next week. Be checking for it on Apple Podcasts. It's called All Things Awesome with myself and my good friend Jonathan Coyle. And, uh, you know, we, we it's season one we're dropping. We're dropping this show in seasons. Season one we're dropping. And uh, season one, it's got our intro episode. It's got the best and worst 80s movies. It's got the best and worst video game movie or video game movies, video games, and then the best and worst of 80s cartoons. So that's going to be season one, those four episodes, Uh, something completely different that you've never heard me talk about before, totally out of the box. Those of you that are Project Action listeners, you know Jonathan Coyle. Uh, him and his wife, Natalie Eva Marie, had a podcast called The Natalie Eva Marie Show. I was a guest on theirs. They've been guests on mine. Jonathan, he's been a reoccurring guest on Project Action. He and I, those are some of our top rank episodes. You guys always love them. He and I go, you know what? Let's do a podcast together. Boom. Here we are. And uh, all things awesome dropping later this week. Be sure and look for it on Apple Podcasts and uh, me on social media. I'll be, We'll be talking about it for sure. But uh, yeah, so that's uh, that's about all that's going on in my life, you know. Just trying to uh, stay busy here, and uh, you know, and, and get things prepped and ready when race season uh, resumes. And uh, you know, I know you guys are probably sitting at home thinking the exact same thing. But you know, with, no, with currently no NBA, NHL, or Major League Baseball, you might think there's nothing to bet on. Well, you're wrong. Our exclusive partner, Bet Online, still has hundreds of events, games, and props to wager on from their online casino and poker and blackjack. Uh, they are uh, running, uh, bringing Vegas to uh, you. Missing the NFL? No problem. BetOnline has daily Madden NFL 20 simulations you can wager on. If you're in inter- entertainment betting, you can still bet on Survivor, Big Brother, American Idol, stock prices, even Nathan's Hot Dog Eating Contest. All open 24 hours a day and all Online. For all my NFL football fans following the upcoming draft, stay tuned throughout the end of this episode for Ross Tucker's expert draft analysis presented by Bet Online. Visit the website or use your mobile device and join today. To receive your new welcome bonus. BetOnline, your online wagering solution. Visit our good friends and partners there at Podcast One. Bet Online. you'll get the best bonuses in the business. Sign up for a free account. Make sure and use that promo code PODCAST1, and you will get your free sign-up bonus. And do you own or rent your home? I'm sure you do. And you know what? It can be hard work. You know what's easy, though? Building policies with GEICO. GEICO makes it easy to bundle your homeowner's or renters insurance along with your auto policy. It's a good thing, too, because you already have so much to do around your home. Go to GEICO.com, get a quote, and see how much you could save. It's GEICO easy. Visit GEICO.com today. That's GEICO.com. And with that, it's time to roll into this interview with my good friend and NHRA legend, Ron Caps. Jim Beaver here along with my uh buddy Ron Caps. Ron uh I gotta say a lot of people are sitting at home right now but uh you may be sitting at home but you've been busier than most uh during uh during this quarantine man you're doing a whole hell of a lot of driving buddy.
1: Yeah it's been it's been fun it's it's crazy because I was I've been involved with iRacing kind of since they started way back in the day and um I, who would have thought what, you know, with all this pandemic going on, that it, it would turn into what it's turned into with really opening everybody's eyes. But I mean, you know, as well as I do, it's been fun. Every time they've added a new, a new car or race car to iRacing, like uh, the off-road trucks was, were just, we we couldn't believe it when we heard that they were thinking about it. And then same with the sprint cars, the winged sprint cars and the midgets, same thing. And I got to be part of that beta team. So it's been fun to watch it progress, but, um, it's really kept us busy you know i i flew home from that race got canceled in florida and i knew right away what i'd be doing if we were gonna be stuck at home so i was out in the garage on my simulator on uh, on my iRacing right away
0: yeah well you know and, and that being said let's go back to that i mean you guys were there you're ready to go and i know indycar was there and uh what saint pete and uh they kind of pulled the plug on that uh you know right right about the same time drivers are kind of there and they it just kind of rebooted everything and Here's a question for you. I mean, IndyCar. I don't want to say fortunate because nobody's fortunate in this, but they hadn't started their season yet, right? They were they were there at their their first event. But I look at a guy like you. I mean, you guys got a couple of rounds under your belt. You went there and and you know you were in Phoenix, you're in Pomona, and then it's like a big pause. I mean, it, you know, it, it, how does that affect you? Because you guys were just getting going, kind of starting to get in the groove of things. Things are starting to mesh. You know, it's a long off season. You know, and then all of a sudden, boop, pump the brakes. You know, let, let's pause for a few months. We'll go back in June. You know, I mean, it, how does that work? I mean, it's part of you wish, oh, man, we, I, I wish we wouldn't have had those two races, or do you feel like it was, you know, it, it may have been good just to kind of blow the rust off and you'll be ready to go back racing in June?
1: Well, I think it was good. I mean, it was nice to uh, to kind of get our start. We, unfortunately, our Napa team, we had the trailer fire on the way to the West Coast. Uh, they ended up burning up a lot of our stuff and, and damaging a couple of bodies and cars. So that was on the way to preseason testing. So my teammates got to do the preseason testing. I went over there and had no race car to drive. So I did some media stuff, but I was kind of Jones to get behind the wheel, watching everybody else uh, make runs. Uh, it's weird, man, our season, especially with our countdown, to the championship, when that last six races happens between September and November, it, it seems like it ages you 10 years in that three months. It's crazy. Uh, there's so much pressure and so much going on that when the season's over and the day after the banquet in Hollywood, you just don't want to see anything. You don't want to be at a racetrack. You're so burned out from the stress that's involved that you just want to chill and be away from a race car for a while. So you get through the holidays, and then you're kind of ready to get back in it when it comes time to get ready for Pomona. Um, so it was weird to go to Pomona, go to Phoenix, and then being a law like this, it's it seems like it's sort of an extended off season. But we're we're okay in points, and we did well the first couple considering. But my guys needed a a break to get back to Indy and and sort of go through all the burned up stuff from the fire and and get our our equipment ready. But our guys have the car ready; it's in the trailer and ready to go to Gainesville uh, if we're allowed to go racing in June.
0: Yeah, well, and you know, and if we're allowed to go racing, you know, I, I'm looking at things going Gainesville Gator Nats in June. That's going to be a warm one, Ron.
1: Yeah, there's there's a few that they moved around the schedule that it's going to be definitely warmer situations. But, I, you know, for me, Ron Tobler, he's an old school crew chief. And uh, I, I love those demanding kind of conditions where we see the heat and the humidity, the, the track temperatures that are 130 degrees plus uh, because it really um, cool conditions, you know, unlike a lot of them, I guess. For us drag racing, when it's cool out and the track's cool and the weather's nice and nice and brisk, uh, it, these motors, they'll make 11,000-plus horsepower, and it sort of, it it, uh, it evens everybody out. Like, anybody can go up there and throw all the power at it, and it's probably going to stick and make a run, whereas you get these conditions where it's so hot and humid and tricky, it really takes a really good crew chief to set the car up, and it takes a really good driver to do what he's got to do to make sure the car gets to the finish line, so it's really a team effort and i i I love that kind of thing. I love those summer months when we're grinding out these hot temperatures and tricky race tracks and uh and because at the end of the day jim you're standing in the winter circle and you felt like you really really earned it like you you really came together as a team to get past these you know. Not just beating other good teams, you got past these adverse conditions, and uh, it's it's more gratifying.
0: Yeah, and you know what? It really blew my mind, and I've been around NHRA for a while, and spent a lot of time in the in the pits and stuff like that. And I was out there at Phoenix, and uh, um, you know, I I went with uh, Steve Torrance in their hauler, and they started kind of really opening opening the books and kind of showing me clutch technology and weights. And just these little nuances, I mean, things that, you know, passerbys wouldn't even notice. And, I mean, it makes a huge difference for you guys in, in Funny Car and Top Fuel. And I, I guess, like, you know, I, I think people hear Crew Chief and they think NASCAR and it's a guy that stands in the box and calls some shots and things like that. But when you really dive into uh, NHRA, I think a lot of people take this, you know, 300-plus miles an hour for granted. But I, I got to see some stuff that, you know, as a guy that I would say knows the sport pretty well – It really blew my mind, I mean, just how fine-tuned your crews are, you know, with every last little adjustment on these cars to get them to go that fast. And, I mean, one slight adjustment can mean a massive, you know, amount of time on the track.
1: Yeah. If if the normal fan really – man, if they realize how many things have to go right – for that car to even go down the track just to make a a decent run not counting a run that's that's number 1 qualifier or or quickest of the round it's everything's got to be so perfect, but you back up and, and you got to look at the crew guys. You've got eight crew guys that work on these things. They've all got a job. They've got to put this thing together flawlessly. I mean, it's got to be perfect for the crew chief has a chance to set that car up. Otherwise, he he couldn't set the car up to do what he wants it to do. And then you take it another step, and the driver, unlike, you know, and, and I think you and I have talked about this, you know drag racing is different in in a lot of ways but the biggest part is when i go do these other races uh in other race cars one thing about drag racing is we don't we can't make, make up a bad lap or or we can't we don't have the the we don't have the privilege of saying man i messed up that one i'm going to make another lap and i'm going to make up for it you go out there and you have 3.8 seconds to make a decision in the car to either do something right or wrong it doesn't matter but you don't have the luxury of saying oh i didn't make the right choice but the next lap i'll do better and that's kind of a it's a tough thing it's it's tough to swallow when you don't make the right decision whatever it might be pedal the car catch it if it's smoke in the tires don't keep it in the groove little things like that that really it'll haunt you and uh and you really got to learn to let it go cuz it it's so uh God, it's so important to go up there and make the right choice. And, and unfortunately, we make the right choice, and then you've got to live with it. So that's the tough part about drag racing is everything's got to be so perfect, like you said, mechanically. And then the driver's got to go up there, and basically the team gives you the car, and they say, all right, here you go. It's set up as good as we could set it up. Do not mess it up. And that's sort of the, the difference, I think, than, than most motorsports
0: well, and you know one thing that I've found really, really interesting about NHRA drivers, and uh, you know, I I don't think that uh, you guys get the credit you deserve as far as your driving skills. I think a lot of people, outsiders looking in, think you just point and shoot, and you know what I mean. And and you know, you, you're just pushing the gas. But you know, I you know I've seen videos in car and how much driving you're actually doing. But you know, I, I've been fortunate enough to to watch what you do in in other racing, i racing, but in real life. And I've had Antron and Steve. Uh, you know, in my razor out with me, I've I've been razor riding with uh, Leah Pruitt, and I got to tell you, Ron. I mean, NHRA drivers by and large, everything I've seen. I mean, you guys have some legit race car driving skills. I mean, that extends far past what you would uh, you know what you would think an NHRA driver would have. What do, what do you credit that to?
1: Well, for me, uh, you know, you look at like the guy that I think is the most talented driver for sure talented race car driver in NHRA would be Doug Coletta. And I watched him as a kid and USAC midgets and really anything he jumped in. He was phenomenal with car control, uh, being the Coletta family. He's always been in drag racing, but whenever we've gone off and race dirt stuff, he is unbelievable still to this day. But you look at Antron, you look at Steve and for me personally, I've always had this love for whatever it might be, motorsports, and that comes from my dad. He he, he worked on a Can-Am car when I was a kid. He uh, he helped build sprint car engines for guys that lived in our area, and and so uh, besides drag racing, I would tag along with my dad, and I always loved all this different racing that he would go help people with. So, th- I always felt like growing up racing go karts and things like that that I I I was lucky enough that I got successful in drag racing and I was able to be asked to go do these other races. And, uh, and I, you know, I always tell my boss, Don Schumacher, I really, truly, and I used to tell Don Perdomo when he was my boss and, and that it really helped me in my funny car when I would go race a midget or a sprint car or whatever it might be, because the car control is car control, no matter what you're in. But when you smoke the tires and you have a pedal fest in a, in a NHRA car, and you're trying to hook up 11,000 horsepower, that experience you get in the seat of a midget or a sprint car or, or, or an off-road truck, whatever it might be, it's the same thing. You're driving by the seat of your pants. It's just more horsepower in a funny car and it's less room to do it, but I feel like it's always helped me. So, um, I, you know, I can't speak for those other guys. I just know there's a lot of really good drag racers that when we go race other stuff like go-karts and other off-road stuff, uh, they really show you, and they they got good car control. Yeah.
0: Well, let's switch gears here a little bit. And we're going to get back to iRacing in a minute. So we've got a lot to talk about there, but I, I want to talk about kind of this downtime because, you know, a lot of these, uh, a lot of drivers, whether it be, you know, NASCAR, IndyCar, whatever, you know, a lot of them are, are, you know, you don't want to say self-funded, but they come from wealthier families, things like that. I mean, you're, you're a guy that's you know, very much, you know, you've had to work your tail off to get, you know, everything you've had and and where you're at, you know, so sponsors have been a big part of that. I mean, you know, I look at what some of the other other people are doing and they're getting really creative. I mean, how, how is iRacing and, and, you know, really helped you out? Because I mean, obviously, you know, I know Alex Rossi, your Napa teammate, he's, he's very active in iRacing right now. You are, but you know, how has this been for you? Because a lot of people are sitting there on their hands for, you know, four or six weeks and, uh, you know, sponsors are sitting there kind of twiddling their thumbs also, and you're out there active. I mean, you're doing stuff for Napa, you're racing, you're, you're, you're out in the public eye, you know, you're on TV You're you know, you're live streaming, things like that. I mean, how has this been as an outlet for you to help you you know get that return on investment for your sponsors you know while a lot of people aren't able to deliver that
1: um for me it was just you know the flight home from Gainesville when they canceled it right away I was like okay what do I what can I do to to stay relevant with NAPA and to keep them out you know uh, doing what we normally do and I've always kind of approached my sponsors, you know, even when I went to work for Dom Perdom, you know, we had Copenhagen and Skoll. It wasn't something I brought to that team. He hired me as a driver, and, and so every day I woke up, I tried to do the best I could to help uh, be the best off-track representative, and then you fast-forward to Schumacher's, and we had Brute Cologne, um, and that that sort of changed things for me. Um, and then I'd, in three years there, and it went right into Nap Auto Parts, so since then, I've just... I wake up every morning wondering, you know, I feel like I'm kind of an extension of Napa and and like a delivery person or a salesperson. So that as soon as I'm out of the race car, I'm thinking how can I be the best salesperson to help sell my sponsor without being overly, you know? So I knew right away, man, I was going to, I could get on our racing when this happened and I could have trucks and cars and race cars all painted up with the Napa logos and with everybody streaming like they are, Uh, it was only a couple days before I heard from you, first of all, in the truck race, but right away I heard from some of the NASCAR guys that were putting races together with Dale jr. And Harvick and things like that, that I knew that if I got a car painted up Napa, then I was sort of doing my job the best I could considering the the circumstances. So that evolved into the sprint cars with the world outlaws. And I had a car painted up for that. And we ran that on Fox sports one and it's just kind of snowballed and, uh, I, I just, uh, you know, every day I feel like I wake up trying to defend myself from uh, from somebody taking my sponsor. And if I do that, then I feel like at the end of the day, I've worked as hard as I could to uh, to be the best at what I do off the track.
0: Well, you know, and, and speaking of that, you know, you're talking about all the different disciplines you're, you're racing in and things like that on iRacing. And I know there was, what, an iRock race last night, but I'm looking at it going, you know, this 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 really could be – and TV ratings are justifying it. I mean, people are tuned in. They're engaged to what's going on. I mean, just our off-road race drew It was only online and drew almost 180,000 viewers, you know. And I'm looking at things going, you know, this could be the modern-day IROC where you can get a guy like Ron Caps against Alex Rossi, against, uh, you know, whoever it is on the cup side and off-road drivers. And you can mix everybody, and you don't have the liability you would with real IROC cars going around, say, Daytona. But you can do it. You can package it. I mean, it, it still, you know, shows a skill set. Like, to me, the... This could be. I, I think you and I, who have been around i racing before, um, you know, and I think moving forward after, I think you know, it, it was kind of there in the outliers and people kind of knew it, but I, I feel like it's kind of pushed, been pushed to the forefront. And I think even after we resume real world racing, I think there's there's actually a, a place for it in motorsports now.
1: Yeah, I do too. And last night was a great example. I the I, uh, two different races with different race car drivers. Um, I watched the show. I didn't get to see it, obviously, when I was racing, but I went in and watched it on TV. And it was pretty neat to see all the paint schemes because in the race, we couldn't really see them as good as we could as a viewers could on Fox Sports 1. So it was pretty cool to watch how that evolved, but it's unbelievably realistic. I mean, you you know, you got the NASCAR Sunday race that had over a million viewers. Um, that Fox Sports 1, the first dirt race we did, it was for Fox Sports, it was up 50% from their previous, whatever they had scheduled the previous week on that Wednesday night. So, it showed them that the fans want to see that. They want to see more motorsports. That was cool. That was a good pat on the back for everybody, because especially racing. But, like you said, I mean, last night I'm in there racing with Scott Speed, with Bobby Labonte, and... Um, I mean, guys from everywhere, and it was kind of cool to jump in a dirt car race, and all of a sudden you log out, you take a breath, you log in, and we're at Lime Rock, Connecticut racing GTE cars, and I'm in a Ferrari <laughs> at Lime Rock, which is something I will never, ever get the chance to do in real life. But it's so realistic, I can tell somebody that I, I felt like I raced a Ferrari at Lime Rock against some of the best race car drivers in the world. So I think you're going to see more cool stuff. In fact, I know... Uh, I don't want to let the cat out of the bag, but here next week on uh, Fox Sports 1, they're going to have another sort of an rock and it's going to be pretty cool. I know that one of them is going to be an off-road truck race, and uh, that's going to be fun, but they got a pretty good surprise coming out uh, for next Wednesday night.
0: Yeah, I, I'm aware of the surprise, and I, I think everybody's going to be, want to be tuned in for that, that's for sure. You know, and and just looking at things, I mean, it's, uh, I don't know, it's got me excited for the future of iRacing. I know you've been involved for for a long time, I mean, how many, I got to ask you, how many calls have you, in text messages, and emails have you fielded from people in racing since this thing broke? Hey, Ron, how do I get involved?
1: Oh, a lot. In fact, I just got another one this morning from another race car driver that was wondering how he can, he's just getting into the game, getting a simulator set up and a wheel and pedals, and, you know, some of these guys, you know, they've got the thirty, forty thousand dollars $40,000 simulators, and then you got some of these guys winning races online with a wheel clamped to a desk with a computer monitor in front of them. So you don't need something expensive. That's the cool part. Um, I logged on this morning to practice for a a NASCAR truck event I'm doing, and there were 15,000 people on at one time, which is nuts, and that's all over the world. So, yeah, there's going to be so much more cool stuff coming out, I think, even beyond getting back to real racing. uh, I think our off-seasons are going to be a lot funner now because I think they've gone through this to where – from November to February, when there's no real racing on TV for fans, I think this next year we're going to have some pretty cool stuff going on, and I'm looking forward to it.
0: Yeah, and I agree. I think the winter leagues it's going to kick off, and you know, and I think as, as drivers we enjoy it one, but. Uh two, it's really easy. You know, you, you don't have to go, you don't have to you know, you don't have to get fancied up, you don't have to drive, you don't have to get in an airplane, it's literally go out in your your garage or your spare bedroom and sit in the sim for a couple hours and you know, and I think it it's so accessible and it's so easy for drivers to do and it, and it's so realistic. I, I agree with you. I think this off season's get we're gonna have more more live motorsports content than we've had in a long time over the
1: holidays. <laughs> yep, yep, it's gonna be fun. Looking forward to that for sure. Yeah.
0: So, uh, you know, one last question before we let you go, Ron, but uh, you've been, you you know, you've done a lot in real world driving. You've done a lot in uh, the simulators, uh, you know, now, uh, you know, now that you've driven all these different vehicles in the sim, is there anything out there in the real world that you're looking at going, man, it really would be fun to get behind the wheel of one of these?
1: Oh, man. Yeah. I've been lucky, man. I got to do the chili bowl a couple of times. God, that was probably still stand as one of the coolest events to be a part of. Man, I don't know. Yeah, I you know before before CORE went away, I, I had a test that was coming up. I was going to get to go to, and I was looking forward to jumping in a, a pro truck and and doing some off road trucking there. And and it just didn't happen. And then, uh, you know, I think that's probably the the most fun I have on iRacing racing right now is is the pro four trucks. Um, in fact, I jumped on with a bunch of fans last night at uh, at Wild Horse and. That that's got to be the next thing if I ever get a chance to actually do it in real life. I can't even imagine flying through the air like I do in the iRacing racing uh, in real life and being able to throw that thing sideways because it, it you know in your race we had a blast you know um, so I think that's probably my next my next venture if I get a chance. Yeah, I do
0: you I do have to ask you? You have a razor UTV anything like that in your garage or in SoCal? I got to think they're all around you.
1: You know, it's funny. I grew up with them all around me. When I lived in San Luis Obispo, up the coast, we had a lot of land that you didn't have to go far to get out and have some fun. But I live in San Diego County, and you just can't do that anymore. So unfortunately, you got to you got to Tota Glamis or someplace, yeah. you know. Uh, so no, I don't have one unfortunately. But I just talked to my old boss Don Perdome, and he's got a new truck being built. He was over at Ivan Stewart's yesterday, yeah. <laughs> and he is so into it. And I know that, you know, he's uh, he's got razors and just out having a blast all the time. So he's always bugged me to come hang out with him.
0: Yeah, he went down and did the Nora race last year. I think surprised a lot of people slated to do it again. And I guess he got bit by the bug hard. I mean, it was like a all-in, you know. And he, he immediately fell in love again with, uh, you know, with off-road and motorsports. And I, I think it's it's all over now. He's just I want more.
1: Yeah, he just sent me a picture of a truck. He's uh, he, It's almost done, or, or I don't know if it's a truck, but he's going to run the Nora 1000 again coming up, and it's um, I, I don't know if he's doing it with Jagger Jones again. I know they had a blast last time. So, yeah, I, I, I enjoy watching Snake smile and, and have a good time because he's, he's earned it.
0: Well, I know uh, Antron and Steve and I, we've been talking, and I know they want to get out and get in some razors and have just a camping weekend out at, like, Glamis or something this winter after uh, everything wraps up. And, uh, I don't know, we'll have to keep you in the loop. It'd be fun to get everybody out there in a bunch of UTVs and just have a have a good time in the dunes.
1: Uh, I'd love to. Yeah, I'm looking forward to that. So.
0: All right, Ron, well, I appreciate you taking the time, buddy. Uh, I know we will be tuned in to watch you uh, in iRacing. Seems like you got something going just about every single night of the week right now, which is uh, definitely a good thing, man.
1: <laughs> yeah, hey, it's, uh, it's fun right now. And the coolest part is the fans are engaged. You know, they can go to our YouTube channel, uh, the Nappas, and they can actually ride in my cockpit while these races are going on, so it's pretty fun for them.
0: Yeah, that is definitely awesome. Well, I appreciate everything, Ron, and, uh, you know, we will uh, definitely chat soon.
1: You got it, man. We'll see you.
0: And that's all we got for this week here on Project Action on Podcast One. Big thanks to um, my good friend, Ron Capps, for taking the time to swing by. I know this is a short one. And, uh, uh, yeah, we'll uh, we'll get to some longer form interviews here. Uh, we we'll get some really, really good guests coming up uh, at some point in the very, very near future. So uh, uh, make sure, once again, go over to Apple Podcasts, hit the subscribe button to Project Action, leave a rating or review, give me a follow at JimBeaver15 on social media. Check out my new podcast, going to be dropping called All Things Awesome with Jonathan Coyle and myself. Also, check out the Down or Dirty Radio Show. And uh, by the way, yeah, check out Bet Online. Use that promo code podcast1. It'll get you a a big sign-up bonus, and uh, check out Geico.com for all your insurance needs. All right, with that, we're signing off for this week. See you next time here on Project Action on Podcast One. The NFL Draft is coming up on April 23rd, and I have got you covered. It's Ross Tucker, former NFL player, host of the Ross Tucker Football Podcast, the College Draft Podcast, which is obviously huge right now, the Fantasy Feast Podcast, and the Even Money Podcast, where you can learn what draft-related bets you should make over at betonline.ag. You can check out all of those shows at RossTucker.com, Podcast One, or wherever podcasts are found.